Hi guys and welcome to the ACM podcast. This week our guest is Laura Hoggins aka Laura Biceps. We talked about such things as playing for Chelsea at youth level, leaving a high-flying corporate career to pursue her dream of being in the fitness industry and her interests in weightlifting and strongman. Hope you enjoy guys. One thing we always like to kick off with is asking some of our guests about how they started out, if there was a sport before training, for example. Uh, and we know that you had uh, a sort of a career in football beforehand. You played a lot of better yeah. football, as well as we ran up some, there was some judo as well in there. So I guess it's yeah. just a, a chance for you to let us know how you started out and what was kind of the first love sport-wise. Yeah, no problem. Well, hello, and um, thanks for having me. I guess um, if... You know, it's, it's lovely of you to say it was a career in football. I would just, it was just, it was just something that I absolutely loved. Um, mm. I'm an only child and I was surrounded by guys my, my whole life. So I think naturally, actually, I've got a cousin, a male cousin, James, and I basically just did whatever he did. He's a week and a day older than me. So he's the closest thing I had to a brother. And basically whatever he did, I wanted to do as well, which is highly irritating for my poor parents. So dance, ballet, no, wasn't interested in wanted to play football. He did judo, so I did that. Uh, canoe club, that was expensive. Um, but I guess mainly mainly for me, the big thing was football. Um, I grew up um, with sort of Ryan Giggs posters all over my wall, Paul Skulls. I was a Manchester United fan. From an early age, just glory supporter. That was just the team that was winning. Um, so I supported United. I asked my parents um, for a shirt for Christmas. Mm. Um, and this is a genuine true story. My poor mum bought me the red shirt. Um, she actually got me an Arsenal shirt. She thought she was getting me the right one. Um, so I've been presented with this shirt. It's the wrong one. So in, inside I'm crying, but I didn't want to let my mum know that she got it wrong. So I said, it is perfect. And from that day on, I was an Arsenal supporter. <laughs> all, all the all the posters came down. Um, and, you know, but, you know, I'm, I'm 35 now. So back in the day, what say like over 20 years ago, um, there were just, there was no teams for girls at school. Mm. I was just forced myself to play with the guys was basically the only one and luckily for me there was a guy a Geordie chap he was like um you should go and trial with Chelsea girls they they only train down the road um you should go and do that instead of playing with the lads and I was like oh my god amazing so my, my dad kindly drove me to all of all of these places around London and I played in the the under 15s and I, it was just the most incredible time I just loved it team sport is just something that I, I was obsessed with and then I guess, like most girls, unless you take it really seriously or there's mm. some sort of support, you kind of fall out. It's like that gap, that fallout for, for people where, you know, you sort of get into your late teens. And I just thought, I, I can't really pursue this anymore unless mm. I've really took it seriously. And um, it's quite it's quite amazing, actually, because um, one of my favourite players for the Lionesses, Farrah Williams, was in my team. Mm. And I was oh, playing wow. it. Yeah, so she, she was unbelievable and it's mad really lots of people would comment and say she plays like a, she played like a man you know she had the touch and the power and at the time we were like yeah but now I look back and I'm like well actually no it's cool to play like a, a girl as well mm. yeah so I guess thank you for just describing it as a career but it was it was just a passion and something that I loved and at that point you either decide to take it further so it kind of became more of a hobby and I went to some other teams and then I found booze and all sorts of other things <laughs> and university. And um, I went to netball in the end because it was 
yeah, less less injury, more fun, more social, I think, mm. as a girl. Um, and that's what I did throughout university. Oh, okay. I, did actually, in a, I did actually go back and play football with Farah for, um, it was a, a commercial project for BT Sport. And oh my God, I'm awful. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just going to stick to the bicep curls these days, guys. <laughs> Okay, that okay, that makes sense. That's interesting. So, how long were you playing for Chelsea then? How long did that last? Was that a few years? Yeah, a couple of years. I started when I was thirteen. I did sort of two full seasons, and there's some fantastic pictures of me like this tall. <laughs> I'm not very tall now, but we had. Um, it was at the time where um, it was the Cause Light sponsorship, and we got the old men's kit. So there's right. just me with these long sleeved. Yeah, everything was was too was too big. It was in the time when Rude Hullet was the manager for Chelsea Men. Um, mm. It was it was amazing, um, and we you know the, the whole training environment and the match day and we we treated it as you know as as best as we could as you know a, a serious environment. Um, but you know there just wasn't the support there. You know mm. I, you know we had to pay you know, to, to be able to play as only until you get obviously later on in your career that you get a bit more support. Um, you just have to make the decision really at such an early age, do I want this to be a thing or not? Mm. Um, and it's hard, not that much opportunity. Yeah. Was there a point when you were playing that they uh, suggested that you took any sort of, uh, you know, time in the gym or, or any sort of training, or was it just all based around football? I mean, when were you exposed to maybe weight training? Was that a university during netball or when did that come into your, or, (laughs) What point did that come into your training? Do you know, do you know, do you know what? It's mad. We, we didn't really. Sort of training uh, for football was out on the pitch. It was fitness. It was do three laps around the pitch. It was speed. It was agility. It was more, you know, strategic plays and, and general fitness. There was, yes, probably there was a bit of plyo work in there, um, a bit of, you know, stuff focused on, you know, reaction time, change of direction. But I don't think anything at that stage really prepared me to have the physical resilience. I'd like to say I was quite a robust kid anyway, to even be able to to play, you know, judo and all these things. And naturally, you know, I could take it. But there was there was nothing. There was no program that was suggested to us um, at the time throughout university. There wasn't. Netball was just, you know, it was almost like you get better at the sport by playing mm. the sport. And I know, you know, in professional sport, professional sport that's always the problem isn't it the manager wants more game time the snc coach mm. wants you know to make them more resilient and more powerful and stronger in the gym but no there, there was genuinely nothing and i guess the first real experience for me in an actual genuine sort of progressive programming for weight training is when i started crossfit about six years ago mm-hmm. um yeah i, I and that and that's really when i started to take it more seriously um so yeah, from not not from an early age at all. That's a lot more recent than I would have thought. I I, I would have thought that from your like background and all the stuff that you've achieved, I thought I thought you'd have been uh, in the gym since the early days. Um, <laughs> definitely in the gym, but just more general general fitness rather than actually you know training for maximal strength, training in anything really that technical. Uh, yes, gym but not what I would say that I, I do now. And, and yeah. obviously what I understand now as a fitness professional, I've always been into fitness, but not the the type of stuff that I would say that I do now and the type of stuff that I coach other people. Mm. Yeah, I, I completely understand what you mean by that. I, I, when people ask me as well, like, what, what, how long have you been training? It's quite, quite easy to say, well, actually, I started going to the gym when I was really young, but I've only mm. taken it, I've only done mm. what I'd consider to be good training mm. in the last year or so. So that's really interesting. I think... Um, 
one thing that that kind of leads me on to is so it's really interesting to hear your background in sport uh, and then the fact that like, obviously it went into university and things became more of a hobby one thing that I've wanted to ask you is obviously I've read that you had a bit of a corporate career um, yeah. and then moved um, into the line of work that you're doing now when did you take that shift to say okay right I, I, I want to move into this now this is what I want to do how, how did that come about? Yeah, I think um, it's always something that I wanted to do as, as, a, as a young, young girl who just I wanted my career to be sport. GCSE, PE, that's the only thing I was interested in. A-level, can I just do PE? No, you've got to do some other things. Um, university, I so nearly did sports science. Uh, I went to have a little look around Loughborough University mm-hmm. and I was going to do sports science. And I don't know what it was, but something made me change my mind. And I went into business studies and marketing. <laughs> And I took a completely different avenue. Do I regret it? Maybe. Um, But I just thought, you know, I don't believe as a young woman at the time that there was the career in fitness that I hoped. If it wasn't a footballer, which was what I wanted to do, I thought maybe I'll be a physio. And you look at all, you know, the linos, the physios, everyone in professional sport. There's no women there. Um, Is that, you know, is that an opportunity? Maybe not. Um, So I thought, you know, what, I'm better off, I think, just taking this love and having it as my personal hobby, because I'm not going to I'm not going to earn money from it. I didn't believe. So I'm going to go into maybe I'll work for Nike one day. How great would that be? You know, have sort of business skills and work in sport. Um, so I sort of for university, I went and did did that. I did sport and stuff at university, but things kind of changed for me. And then I worked for my first job and um, I worked for Unilever. Um, Unilever are a global company, sort of FTSE 100 company in FMCG. Um, and I worked in marketing. Uh, my first job, I worked in the Ben and Jerry's team, um, just talking about ice cream all day, very, very random, um, but it was fantastic. And I, it's in that sort of corporation, I learned very quickly how to build rapport, how to understand a product, how to strategize about sort of the route to market and the pricing and, you know, everything around the whole um, delivery of, of selling selling a, a fast-moving consumer good. So I was there for uh, three years, and then I was like, no, 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 come on, this is not what you wanted to do. You've fallen into this. You want a career in, in the gym, in, in sports somehow. So I took a gap year because I didn't have one. My parents, very random, but they lived in the Cayman Islands. Um, so when, I, when I finished uni, they moved to the Cayman Islands where they lived before I was born. If you don't know where the Cayman Islands is and you're listening, it's not near Grand Canaria, which where most of my friends thought I lived. Um, it's just underneath Miami, sort of next to Jamaica and Cuba. Um, fantastic expat community. And I went and worked for a water sports company. So me and a load of guys um, from New Zealand had a very nice time, sat on a beach went on a couple of jet skis, a couple of boats every now and again. And apparently that was our job. And during that time, you know, when I was just, you know, hanging around and my job was physical, that's the kind of time where I said to myself, no, come on, you can do this. You know, you, you can have a career in, in sport, in coaching, because that's, that's really what you want to do. Um, and I said, right, when I move back after a year, I move back to London, I'm going to be a PT. I booked my PT course and then I chickened out. So this, this is this is me chickening out quite a <laughs> time um, in my life. And I rang my old boss at Unilever and I said, mate, I'm coming back. He said, you can have your old job back. So I was like, OK, cool. 
two years went by and I was like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, and then I nearly did it again. And then I got a job at L'Oreal. Um, so L'Oreal, if you, if you don't know, again, another global corporation, um, still in sort of sales and marketing, but a different type of business. Um, sort of grew it in the ranks there. Um, I became the, the senior account manager for um, a cosmetics brand or the number one cosmetics brand in the world, Maybelline. And I had a very, very stressful uh, job where... Uh, if you've ever watched Dragon's Den, you know, the people that are like shivering, presenting things, Dragon's Den, that was basically me going, this is the, the new mascara. Um, and so I managed business plans, I managed sales and marketing plans. And I got to the point where I was like, enough now. And I, this is when I was 30. I quit my job and I said, I'm out. I've done 10 years of this. I now know what it takes. I've seen enough businesses I'm going to be my own business. And I had to just have that belief in myself that, no, I might not look like the size six, the 8% body fat girl on the front of whatever poster. I'm a bit muscular. I'm a bit short. I, I like different things. I'm not going to do a booty band workout. I like actual training. And I just had to believe that there was going to be a market out there for me and that I could convince people that actually there's a different way to train than all the failures that I had up until then, which was, you know, endless amounts of treadmill shit, which we know is just as a woman, we've gone, we go through this evolution and we, we find out what works for us. And it's, it's less about the restriction and the endless mindless cardio. It's more around, you know, purposeful mm. strength programming and actually fueling that. And, and that's what will get you likely a better body composition and make you feel a little bit less miserable as well. Um, so I, I kind of went, went through that and I thought, right, I'm going to do my PT qualifications while I'm at work, see if I can PT some sort of friends of friends just to get a bit of practice. Um, my social life took a massive dive because <laughs> If um if you're if you're listening and, and you are a PT, you will know that the PT qualification is cool. But for me, that's almost like your provisional license. It's like, okay, now I've now I've passed my PT qualifications. This is now my sort of right, I'm gonna go and learn on the gym floor. And that experience, you know, there's nothing in that exam that prepares you for being one-to-one -one with someone that goes, I don't want to stretch. And you go, Okay, great. <laughs> Um, fine. <laughs> I don't like lifting weights. Oh, okay. That's good to know. So there's just all of that stuff that I had to prepare myself and observe. And I, um, there was a CrossFit box, CrossFit Hammersmith, you may know. Um, and that's where I started because it was opposite my office at L'Oreal. And I said to them, guys, right, I'm going to do all my qualifications while I train. Would you mind if I came and did the session in the morning, did my training, went to work? Can I come back and then observe you coach the same session I did that morning? And can I talk to you a bit about the programming and the why and why have you scaled that? And, you know, what, you know, why aren't you pushing that person? How, why are you talking to that person differently to that person? And I just spent about six months just watching mm. and trying to build what is my what is my training identity? I know I know how I like to train, but who am I going to be as a PT? Because I didn't really see anyone out there uh, like me. Um, so that's that's I guess what I did. I quit my job and just went for it. And I sort of said, right, I'm going to give myself three months. If this doesn't work out, I know I can go back and, and you know, I've been doing for 10 years, but it's a bit now or never. Um, and thankfully, sort of four or five years down the line, um, I can make a career out of it. And it's it's been quite magical to be able to make a contribution and fly a flag for women that, that strength train, because there's still, as you know, so many myths out there. So many women are afraid of, of training and weight training because they think they'll get bulky. 
Um, and as we know, it is much harder than that. I've been trying for <laughs> years and this is what I've got. So uh, maybe I've failed. But yeah. Yeah, I always say to my mum, I'm like, mum, I'll train you. And she'll be like, oh, I get muscles so easily. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> I, I, had to, I had a couple of questions, actually, from what you were saying. So during that during that 10 year period of time working in a corporate environment, I'm guessing yeah. on the side, you were just, as you said, training in the morning, in the evenings. It was still very much a hobby. And then also yeah. in that period of time, did you see an increase in sort of female figures in the fitness industry? I mean, were you aware of any any sort of like role models that you had becoming sort of higher up in the industry on social media or anything or just take a leap yeah. of faith still yeah so I I mean it was mainly so footballers so people like Kelly Smith Sue Smith all of these kind of women sort of from a football perspective um obviously earlier on in life you see gladiators they're fucking cool aren't they like the, the women that do that do that um but there, there's nothing really until I started CrossFit and you would see you know people like Katrin Davisdotter you know Tia Claire Toomey uh Brooke Entz actually was one of the the first women that I saw because she was kind of like she trained hard but she was really fu- I, th- I thought she was really funny as well and kind of mm-hmm. down to earth. she wanted to look good and she was the kind of the first one that was like, you know, a bit of a fuck you. You know, if you don't think I look good, if you don't like my my muscles, then, you know, do one. And then my, before my Instagram account was what it was now, just a few years ago, mm. my, my Instagram started as biceps and bronzer because it was like my double life. <laughs> it was like I was training in the morning and then I'd go and sell cosmetics, you know, working with cosmetics the rest of the day. And I started posting like my wads. You know what it's like if you do CrossFit, if you don't post the wad, it doesn't count, right? So... <laughs> I started posting I was really into it and just you start to meet these other women on Instagram who are like hey that looks cool what are you doing and you sort of build this network um and then when I was at CrossFit there was one of the coaches who he was really into strongman and that was sort of the first about six years ago that's the first time I was like what is this strongman like can a woman do it and we were doing you know it was very, very, you know, I love it. But it's very basic. It's, you know, carries, it's, it's pulls, it's, you know, it's squatting heavy, you know, high, high weight, low rep. It's just, it's what I absolutely loved. And then I started looking into the sport of strong women and you start to see people like Jenny Todd, Donna Moore. And it was just the first time that I saw these women being celebrated mm. for performance for how much hard work they put in at the gym for how humble and funny and wonderful and encouraging they were not because they had abs or were whatever and you know because of what they looked like so that for me was the first time where I was like hang on a minute as a woman I don't have to celebrate aesthetics in a way that historically women have been shown that they have to this woman's absolutely unbelievably strong and I want to pull a bus and you know (laughs) amazing and you know being able to go and do that and then it has this transfer into the rest of your life and I started to care less about being a certain size and actually I was like I want to I want to fuel I want to get better and I you know I recognize that I need to get for you know strength sports you need to fuel that so yeah so I started to see lots of women and then you know the you start to meet women at the box at other boxes and this community and I definitely feel like sometimes and you might find it as well I'm in like this echo chamber of like yeah strength sports is cool for women I go out speak to my friends and they're like oh we went to body pump the other day it was quite tough and I'm like whoa okay (laughs) Uh, you know you know people women especially it's still so, so niche. And I think CrossFit's done a great job of sort of bringing more awareness to it. 
But, you know, what if you don't want to compete? What if you don't want to do muscle ups? What if you just want to understand how to train better? That's mm. what I want to represent. Oh, awesome. That's cool. Yeah. That obviously kind of leads on to where you are currently, I guess, uh, working at Foundry. Um, yeah. I guess, how long have you been working there? How did that relationship come about? And how did you sort of get involved in the role that you're in now? Yeah, so I guess um, when I first start, when I first started thinking about, right, I'm going to quit my job, what does the fitness landscape look like in London? And I guess over the past five years, you know, CrossFit boxes started to pop up, what we would call the boutique scene. You know, the first sort of boutique gym was Barry's Boot Camp. Um, if you know it, it's a, a concept which is uh, treadmills and floor work. Um, it can be quite Marmite to some people. Um, it's not necessarily how I like to train, but it, it's it's a, a can be a fun experience if if that's your thing. And I started to look at all the other places, and I thought I don't see myself working in a commercial gym. I don't see myself because I used to work for David Lloyd when I was like sixteen, um, sixteen, yeah, sort of in between university, sixteen to eighteen. And I thought I don't want to be that person walking around on the gym floor. Um, and the, the I don't know. I just think the, the type of people that it attracted that wasn't who I was going to be able to to work with that that wasn't that wasn't my training identity so I found you know a few other gyms and I went to the foundry and we did what you know was the first time really I'd done this modified strongman training and it was sled pushes it was sort of alactic intervals it was you know log technique it was at the stones and it is the most fun I think I'd ever had in a workout and I thought amazing and I looked around me and I was like there's no mirrors here people are being really encouraging they don't really care what weight anyone's lifting relatively of course you know that it's it's a it's, it's very well considered in its programming but it wasn't that judgmental energy of everyone must be doing this or your shit um, and I thought I really like this vibe and there's lots of different abilities and this is where I could really see myself working and where I think I could make a difference and at the time there wasn't any women that worked there so I basically you know hounded them and just said I know I don't have really any experience but I promise you I'm I'm going to work so hard give me a chance I did various interviews I sort of went and trained with them and then I got given a, a Saturday class and I and I taught there a class called Strongman which was modified strongman and sort of a circuit basis and I'd spent a lot of time dedicating myself to experience that and learn the techniques so I felt comfortable and confident being able to you know to pass it on to others and it started there really and as the foundry have evolved um the two uh, co-founders Ben and Dave they come from a, a sporting background from professional rugby Ben was at Wasps and it's very much how he liked to train after sort of his sporting career he's got many injuries you know things like the sled or, or prowling if you um if you follow dr pat davidson did you see that that big argument about the sled no i didn't know i didn't know maybe that's for another time but dr <laughs> pat davidson is, is very funny he's um an snc coach in the states and he absolutely hates the sled um, he said it's useless there's no carryover apparently into normal life i think it's just fun and it's good conditioning to but anyway that's for that's for another topic <laughs> so i i just um i, I found the way of training was very accessible, yet actually there was a lot of skill involved and there was a, a, a lot that you could progress 
a bit like CrossFit, right? In that you've got Fran and you can do it for Zach George and your mum, right? You can scale it to whatever and everyone can train together. And I liked that. So I started, um, I had to work some other places as well because there wasn't like a full-time role. So I sort of had to just earn my money where I could until there was that opportunity. And I guess fast forward uh, five years, fortunately for me, I mean, I'm now director of, of the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ben and Dave, I count as my business partners. And I guess that 10 years I did in 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 business, in sales and marketing, it's like, well, actually, I can combine these two things now because I know how to sell. You know, I've managed my own Instagram. I can, you know, I can do PR. I can, I can, I can play a, a pivotal role in the expansion, the communications of the gym, whilst also being a PT on the gym floor. And it just is honestly my my dream role, really, to be able to combine those two things. Um, we we have an incredible community, um, and like I said, of just such mixability of people that you know can't do a fantastic hip hinge some people that are you know deadlifting double body weight and it's, it's fantastic so it's it's um definitely feels very me I can't really imagine myself working anywhere else perfect combination of your well your your background your history um in that industry and this current passion so yeah I mean hats off to you for finding it and then you know combining the two because often it's quite hard to do combining those those interests for sure I can tell how passionate you are about being on the gym floor I'm guessing right now not being able to be there as much as you'd like I'm sure that's taken a massive impact on you how, how we, obviously recently we've seen you um being interviewed on on tv mm-hmm. um just in terms of like your own mental health are you, are you feeling like it's a big impact on you at the moment personally as well as professionally yeah I think um I mean You've just recently spoken to Chris, so you, you know you know what this is like. Both of us, we get our energy from people. Mm-hmm. So, like we, we've got we've we've got on just fine. Like genuinely, we 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 never argue, which is fantastic. But we are massive people. Uh, people like we have to be. We get our energy from people, from being in you know fun, vibey situations, and sometimes you know like we are now. You're just staring at a, you're staring at a computer, and it just doesn't doesn't feel right we've been doing it for a year but I guess for me what I what I've tried to focus on is I would rather do that because this interaction you know this was a a PT session this could be the best hour of someone's day and I will make sure that I am as prepared and ready to bring as much energy and encouragement as I can before I press (laughs) go on that zoom because people you know, I, don't, I think over this year, our role as personal trainers has evolved. And, you know, yes, we've probably got to have a, some boundaries somewhere, right? But actually, we've been counsellors. Yeah. You know, that 6am session, someone could have woken up and had terrible news or, you know, ha- had levels of anxiety. And actually, health and fitness professionals can be that person that can change someone's day. And as we know, when we're in a health pandemic, you know, now more than ever, it's so important to keep active there has been days where, you know, some of our clients, you know, you can see that, you know, they're not booking in or we'll give them a call, you know, like, we've not seen you in a while. Is everything OK? I just didn't I couldn't face it. See if you can get booked in or, you know, can you? Because we know that health and fitness has the power to change our, our mental health. And um, I'm sure Chris mentioned it on, on the pod with you, but we've got our own elite car park training centre. <laughs> yeah, the the neighbours are yeah. mad. Um but yeah, he's he's got he's got about two hundred kilos in the car. His suspension <laughs> absolutely fucked. But let's we'll deal with that some other time. Um, so we 
we've done the best that we can to stay active, mm. to try and keep our, our mental health good. We've tried to support each other. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, there's been some days where it's felt incredibly hard. And But I think that that is the one thing that's kept me going, is having that purpose and having that role, mm. that responsibility to, to help others. I was going to ask, I knew that Rory and I were keen to find out. We know you've had a history of, you know, trying other types of sport. We know you've done run marathons in the past, you know, tried CrossFit, strongman, strongwoman. Um, is there is there a, a sort of current goal or a future goal? Is there something, some type of training that now, hopefully with some sort of end in sight for lockdown, are you, are you aiming towards, um, aiming towards another goal, whatever that may be? Yeah, that's, that's a very good question. I think um, naturally, so Chris and I have been together just over a year now, obviously within, you know, the, the CrossFit and sort of general S&C that I was doing. Um, yes, Olympic weightlifting was a part of it, but I, I don't feel or it depends what box you go to that weightlifting is done properly unless it's you know an actual weightlifting coach or, or a weightlifting gym and actually having spent this time with Chris and I've had the honor of spending time with uh, Mehmed if you know Mehmed he's unbelievable he's a, a Bulgarian champion um, and uh, yeah he's, he's just unbelievable so spending time around them has changed the way I think about Olympic weightlifting and I've started I started doing it with Chris just mm. as that was the only thing we could do uh, last summer and I've just really love it I mean it is the most love and hate thing some <laughs> days you can have a really good session other days it's like Chris I'm shit there's no point I can't do it I'm not pausing at the thigh it's awful um so I, weightlifting is definitely something that I found that I really enjoy mm. um just because it's it's forever you know I'm I'm going to be a learner on this forever mm. and the, you have to work so hard for the small increments you know like any any strength sport but the technical element in the bar path the, the timing of the extension there's just something about it that's so frustrating but wonderful <laughs> so, so that so that is definitely something that I will carry on um at the gym that he trains at built differently the community's unreal there's like a, a community of power lifters some you know bodybuilders and, and weightlifters and it's just it's really fun you know I want to enjoy my training mm. um I don't know maybe one day I'll I'll go back in and think about doing another comp um maybe like a novice strongwoman comp but I don't know I, I do I, I like to get involved in in a lot of different things I'll be doing uh, national fitness games uh, in yeah. May so being the master um yeah trying to be the master of everything power strength <laughs> endurance um so yeah that's I just like having a goal ideally yeah. I'd go and play football to be honest but there's not much there's not much opportunity uh, to do it so I'll just have to stick to FIFA 21. <laughs> You're Chris who's winning? Well, it depends who you ask. He says that I only ever post on Instagram when I've won. <laughs> but statistically, he does. He, he probably wins about 60% of the time. <laughs> well, it's quite, it's quite it's cool to see that you're open-minded to all different types of training. I know sometimes you find some people have such a set way on training or set views on certain things. So, yeah, just like to say, it's just cool to hear that you're yeah super open-minded to to trying out sort of all facets of, of fitness. So. 
whatever it is that I'm into and I'm enjoying that time, I like to be following a program. So you, you, it's rare that you'll find me doing something aimless. Um, I, I probably did that, you know, many years ago when fitness was more of a, you know, just exercising, but of, of later on in life, I'm, I'm definitely more interested in, you know, a, a more structured program that's a bit more goal orientated, like even like doing weightlifting that felt goal orientated for me while I was, do, you know, I want, I want to get to certain numbers. That's something that I can progress with. And as soon as Nash, it sounds silly, but you know, I entered uh, the pairs with my friend as soon as national fitness games, it's like, right. Okay. Okay, back on the endurance like it's something to train for yeah. so I think I always feel like I need a purpose um otherwise it's just like it's just sort of exercise isn't it yeah, I won't be like... marathon you heard that I, I've done three have you ever Probably. done one no, no. I've, not, I've not done that I think the closest Roy and I did a stage of doing park runs um, <laughs> but I, I think oh, yeah. I did I did enough to get um a sub 20 minute time and that was enough to inflate my ego and then i, I stopped after that so yeah i only did about four <laughs> yeah that was, that was enough yeah, five, five k is enough yeah <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like you almost might have like an addictive personality everything you seem to try you get really really into yeah yeah I, it's um if, if you ask my parents it's absolutely yeah i was also going to be a dj at some point and i got all the equipment and then a year later i didn't um so yeah it's, there's, there's a lot there's lots of different things i just i just love getting involved with as much mm. as i can if that's my focus at the time i was going to throw everything into it um but yeah sounds it sounds yeah. like you'd uh, fit in well at training space are well danny the owner of training space um him and lou that run the place they're both massive into their their dj they're actually doing their dj set tonight actually um oh. friday, friday night they always do uh, a sort of it's like an ig live um yeah. quarantunes they call it and it's just them they'll be in the oh. gym and they've got all the setup there and they just have a little have a little set together so yeah, yeah. you'd fit in strong yeah, man weightlifting and yeah. djing it'd be a good all of it you, you should what definitely come there yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. Right. We'll probably we'll probably have to call it there just because we've got um we're capped mm. on um time. Yeah. It, was, it was lovely speaking to you. Thank you very much for taking the time, Laura. It's been great to speak to you to uh say hi and obviously hear about all the stuff that you're getting up to. Um we always like to give the guests the opportunity to tell us like where they can, people can find you. If, you know, we obviously know you do your own podcast, you have an Instagram account. Yeah, just a little chance for you to let people know where they can get in touch if they want to. Yeah, absolutely. So um, on Instagram, I am at Laura Biceps. Um, I have a book, um, which mm. is a bit about my journey getting into fitness um, and sort of the beginner's guide to strength training. That's called Lift Yourself. Um, I have a podcast called Biceps and Banter, where actually I've interviewed uh, Donna Moore, World's Strongest Woman. So definitely that one's a, that's a great one to listen to. And um, at the Foundry, we have our, our lockdown podcast, which is three PTs and a cup of tea. So that's me, Ben and Dave, just chewing the fat on, you know, the, the state of the industry. And our last episode was um, with James Haskell, where we mm. talked about his uh, McDonald's rant. So yeah, oh, check, yeah. check, <laughs> check there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. That's a lot of stuff going on, but yeah, lots of, lots of stuff to get, you know, get involved with if you, if you want to check those out, but yeah, again, thank you very much, Laura. It's been really great to meet you and yeah, some awesome story. I feel like we have to do like a part two. I feel there was a few points we had like kind of skimmed over. <laughs> I think we have to wrap it up because I don't want to cut you off, obviously, Laura, but yeah. Just want to yeah say thank you so much for your time. We massively appreciate that. Yeah. It was really, really good. When we can, me and Chris will come to training space and we can meet in real life. Yes, 100%. Thank you so much. Yeah, Cheers. that'd be amazing. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. Take care, Cheers. guys. Bye. 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 Bye.